ITE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast, sponsored by Cadbury. From grassroots to national level, a supporter and a half of women's football in Ireland. down to the Canada game in Perth's Rectangular Stadium and before everybody laughs at Perth's Rectangular Stadium it is in a country where probably half the stadiums are oval shaped due to Aussie rules and cricket so it's not the most ridiculous name for a stadium anyway Anthony Pine is there in a delightful prefab outside the Rectangular Stadium and Anthony can you confirm the stadium has four sides it has four sides and it's rectangular um, formerly known as the Oval Perth <laughs> Oval but yes now Perth uh rectangular stadium and it is a stadium and it is rectangular and it will host ireland versus canada uh, tomorrow night. <laughs> okay so it's it's a per- it's a perfectly it's a perfectly sensible name for the stadium checks um, out. the name checks out Michael, yeah. <laughs> we got no problems with the name um the weather is is something to discuss before we get on to the Qu- louise quinn's injury which is obviously the most pressing uh, element, but um, the joke's probably been made to you about a hundred times at this stage. But the Irish have brought the weather to Western Australia with them. Well, it's supposed to have three hundred days of sunshine a year. Blah blah blah. Well, you've you've landed in w- with the rain, and um, yeah. they they put covers on the pitch. Is that right, Anthony? Yeah, they they put uh, they put covers on the pitch this evening. So uh, Canada have declined the um, familiar familiarization the walk walk in the pitch basically and they're not doing that and this is protective measure like it's, it's not absolutely booked and down right now but i think when if it does or when it does it, it will be heavy intensely sort of monsoon like um and it's just protective measure like ireland will walk the pitch uh Vera powell's keen to do that she's told us that in her press conference uh, about an hour ago um and aside from that, the, the, the big news is that she did admit that she is concerned about Louise Quinn. She she picked up on a, a bang in her ankle last Thursday against Australia. Uh, she'd been nice in a, in a protective boot for the last couple of days. But she did train last night, uh, just not fully, uh, quite, quite light. Um, and she is taking part in training again this evening. And we actually just got sent a, a video from the training ground where she's going through the warm-up and, and sort of shuffling and twisting and, and looks okay. But... This will be a full contact session, and this will actually be effectively a fitness test, Mikey, for her, mm. um, according to Vera Powell. So, That's the sense you got from Vera Powell, is if she well, can't. I mean, yeah. yeah. She, she she basically, can. She, well, she, that's what she said. She said, look, we're, we're, we're concerned, and, uh, you know, I'm always honest with what she said, which, to be fair, she is. With regards to things like this around injuries, she, she doesn't do it with Tony Gustafsson and, and wheel out uh, an injured player and play a game of love as he did with Sam Kerr. You know, it's... it's uh, She's a doubt. She's a doubt. But um, she is training tonight. Hopefully, she comes through with that okay. She make it. And what I would say is that she's she is the type of player that if she's sixty percent, she'll play. You know, like she she will mm. play through the pain barrier and she'll probably be absolutely fine. She is an absolute warrior and she's critically important. Critically important to that team. She's so like there's been changes in that defense over the last year. Certain players have come in and out. Diane Caldwell, Becky Conley, Ethan Mannion. Uh, Savannah McCarthy to go back up. But Louise Quinn is the constant. She's the mainstay. She's the organizer. She holds it together. She, she was brilliant last Thursday against Australia. Probably not spoken about enough actually of what she was mm. because she's so consistently good that we nearly take for granted. So uh, that would that would be, in my opinion, that that would be a loss almost on a par with someone like say Denise O'Sullivan, um, or even uh, Kay McCabe. I was going to say that 
I think for a lot of people um, who've been following the Irish team for a little bit longer than the last couple of years, Katie McCabe is undoubtedly the face of the Irish team. She's the star, you know, Champions League team of the year, etc. But I, I would place like Louise Quinn as like the second most recognisable player on the team. A, she's very tall. B, she scores quite a lot of goals. But she's just been such a stalwart. I would say like Denise O'Sullivan is obviously technically a better footballer. But in terms of the influence they have on the team, I'd have Louise Quinn right up there beside Katie McCabe. I, I, I agree. I completely agree. Um, as I said, it's just it's what she does. You know, we the, the concern here is that we don't know what that Irish defence looks like without her. Since I can't remember the last time she didn't play. Um, now they're brilliant, as we know. They're they're very good at defending and living without the ball. They play five across the back. No reason to think that that's going to change tomorrow night. Um, but we just don't know what that looks like without Louise Quinn. Now, we, Diane Caldwell is a very very capable, experienced deputy good defender. And if that, you know, there's there's experience, uh, experienced good defenders there. Uh, but it's still a huge loss. And even, you know, look, when did Ireland start to make chances against Australia? When did they look like they might get a goal? When they put Louise Quinn up front? Um, that, that's a, a tried and tested method where they throw her up front and, and play somebody off her. Uh, and, you know, obviously offset pieces and that. She's such a, a major weapon. So she's a lost in a few different areas of the pitch. It's not just a fact. That's it. Make it. You know, as I said, she is training tonight. They are going to give her every chance. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed, we'll, we'll hope. Uh, apart from that, just, there's no other concern, but um, it's, this is obviously a big one. Yeah, well, here's here's um, Tony Donahue asking Louise Quinn about, or sorry, asking Vera Powell about Louise Quinn, Quinn's injury, and then a couple of follow-up questions from John Fallon and Emma Duffy. And uh, Vera, it's becoming traditional now to ask you about injuries ahead of these big games. It was Denise O'Sullivan before the game against Australia. We're concerned about Louise Quinn and her fitness, so can you bring us up to date on how she is? Yeah, um, we're also a bit concerned. Um, we think that she can play, but um, yeah, we are always honest. So now also she's going to train and we see how far she gets. Hi, Vera. Uh, John Fallon here from the Irish Examiner. Yeah, just how you doing? in the back row. Yeah. yeah just clarification on Louise's current situation. Uh, I believe I think she only had limited involvement in training last night. Is today's training session going to involve fun full contact for her? And is yes. that basically going to act as a as a fitness test? Yeah, and her reaction on that. Yeah. And and are you planning? Have you got a contingency in place if she's unavailable? Yes, of course. Plan B is ready, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Hi, Vera. Hi. Uh, Emma Duffy from the Forty Two. Just to confirm, Louise Quinn is the only injury concern. You have a fully fit squad, otherwise. Uh, so far, yes. Yeah. So all will be revealed after training. Um, yeah, um, it, it's waiting for all of us. Um, it's an injury that is not very straightforward and um, uh, it's just really relying on how she reacts on uh, the current uh, or the next training in an hour. And I'm not hiding anything. I'm always open about that because I don't think that you win or lose a game on, on hiding it. Okay, so uh, let, let's just assume Louise Quinn plays Anthony, and if she doesn't play, it'll be a like-for-like like replacement, possibly Diane Caldwell, given the, her experience and kind of similarity in terms of, of how she plays. Do you foresee any other changes? Like, obviously, there's been a bit of a... There's been a bit of an Abby Larkin movement in the last couple of days at home, and I think in Australia, too, judged by some of the press conferences. Um, do you foresee Vera Powell shuffling her deck at all? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's possible. I, I, I think Abby Larkin does have a chance of starting tomorrow night, I have to say. Um, I think she could come in for Marissa Chiba. 
Uh, she kind of did really well, you know, against uh, Australia off the bench 15, 20 minutes. But obviously, it's a different kettle of fish to start the game. You know, you're coming on when you're 1-0 down. Um, in a lot of ways, you're not really – the team has nothing to lose. Like, it mm-hmm. does remove pressure. Um, and it removes uh, the defensive discipline that she would have brought to the team. You know, I know like she, she coughed up possession at times, but she did work very hard. She fills gaps and she does a specific job for the team. So there would be a question mark about with Vera Powell. Uh, I think Abby Lark was quite ready to, to come into a game like this from the, from the start. Where Ireland are going to have to live without the ball for a long time. She's great with the ball, we know that. But, um, you know, without the ball, will she fully trust her? I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling that she, she will go with her, I'd say. Um, apart from that, um, it's possible that we might see a change in the middle of the park. I think Lucy Quinn uh, has a chance of coming in. Um, Maybe in place of Rouge, little John Rouge, little, little John has an, a, an issue with her Achilles, a long standing issue with her Achilles. So she just has to manage herself. Like she manages her training load. Um, uh, she may not be able to go again, or even, you know, Nate Farley might come out again. Like, you know, you think about the finish, she got a huge amount of football. Obviously, she's played for the last month. She had such a, an enormous layoff uh, before returning to the game. She was out for eight years. So I, I think we possibly could see a change there and then Bardot will be as where unless she takes KKK out of that left wing back position which I, I don't think she will I think what's more likely is that she will just encourage her give her more license to get further up the pitch um, but you know that's uh, that depends how the game goes you know if you get Finn back and you know she can't just charge out but she has spoken about her, her hope that Ireland um, can, can feed her higher up the pitch because you know, talking about Louise Quinn and what she offers from set pieces, like our, our other main creative element is, is through KKK. You know, like she can swing balls into the box or, or even just get into position to have a shot. Um, we didn't see that enough against Australia. She was just too deep. So, um, I, I, I don't know, but I, I can't really imagine that it will be. I don't think she'd be played higher up. As in, you know, we've seen her play off a striker at times through the middle of the park. I think she will be on the left. Um, but I think Ireland will actively try and get her into the opposition half far more um, than she did against Australia. Yeah, it might be more, a, a, a less a change of formation and more kind of a kind of a change of emphasis, I suppose, on what individual players do, which is obviously something Vera Pau, you'd imagine, has worked on. Um, Bev Priestman, for her part, she's she's expecting more of the same that she saw against Australia. Uh, I liked her press conference. She was, um, she she seems very honest, very straightforward, and she wasn't falling into any kind of leading questions. You know, she's she complimented Ireland on being a horrible team to play against and said we're a horrible team to play against. That's what we pride ourselves on. So this might not be one that every neutral around the world will want to tune into. Anthony is kind of the impression we're getting. Yeah, I think so. I think that's I think that's fair to say. And uh, now, obviously, from an Irish point of view, it's going to be. Uh, Nervy and everybody will be invested in it. It's an absolutely massive game. It's a massive game. Like if Ireland lose, they will be out. But if they actually got a win, and they're, they're talking about what, what an opportunity they'd have then to make the knockout stages, which would be some achievement. You know, you're playing the Iranian the Olympic champions, uh, Canada. Okay, they were held by Nigeria, but still a quality outfit full of really top players. Uh, an Asian team, I would say. But, um, you know, those those players won it all. They, they, They've won everything. Um, well, not quite everything, but you know they've won a lot. Mm. Um, 
and they have uh, Jessie Lemmingrand, which is a big boost for them. She, she bet reasonably confirmed that she, she's okay. She's going to start. She didn't start against Nigeria. Uh, um, Jessie Fleming, creative midfielder, who plays uh, at Chelsea, very good at, at stitching play together, and seeing passes. Um, she's there, Denise O'Sullivan, really is for anyone who hasn't seen her player. That type of player, you know, the brains in the middle of the park. She was missed against Nigeria. She looks well, she will be back uh, tomorrow night. Uh, so that's a big boost for them. And um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's likely that it's not gonna be a classic. Um, but you know, from Martin's point of view, they obviously want to win the game. But don't, don't lose it. Don't lose it. Uh, I think a nil-nil stalemate would, you know, you take that right now, and and it, that wouldn't be a bad bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they they just don't score very many goals. They've scored three. They've scored three goals in five matches this year. Um, so Ireland or that's Canada. Three goals oh, in Canada, five yeah, matches. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. not sure exactly how many goals Ireland scored. A bit more than that, but not uh, not too many. <laughs> but we're, we're neither side are prolific. Um, you know they're reliant on you know a forty year old up front who is one of the greatest players you know to play the game. Uh, Christine Sinclair. Um, and I guess they were a little bit blunted against Nigeria because a Nigeria are very uh, you know solid, disciplined and um, physical side as well. Um, seems to be the seems to be the trend in this in Group B. But also they were missing Jesse Fleming, as you said, who's who's massively kind of uh, influential for them. Um, but she's going to be joined at Chelsea next year by Ashley Lawrence, who was in on the press conference right. as well. So like yeah. they 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 are they're a quality outfit. It's it's not a two woman team by any means. No, absolutely not. She, she was on the on the end of a really bad tackle, actually, Lawrence, in, the, in that first game against Nigeria. If you remember, it was red card. Mm. Uh, it was a terrible, it was a late high tackle, but she's okay. Uh, and yeah, as I say, look, there's there's plenty of tons of experience here. Like this is a, it's just another major major test, and it, it it underlines how tough this group is because uh, some people would say after the first two games, Australia, Ireland, uh, Nigeria, Canada, the, the strongest team that they saw in the group was Nigeria. Uh, mm. You know, they, they were very impressive, and, and that's a reminder that they could they could crack this group open. Uh, yeah, you know, so um, even if Ireland do pull off a result here in Perth tomorrow evening, uh, then they got to go and do it again against Nigeria, and that certainly won't be, won't be easy. That's back in Brisbane. But look, that's that's something that we hope we, we can be thinking about and worrying about after tomorrow. You know, it's, it's all about just getting the results and keeping them alive. Yeah, well, there's there's twenty four hours or almost twenty two hours, you know, because Australia don't play Nigeria in Brisbane until until Thursday, eleven a.m. our time. So, um, hopefully, we have a very vested interest in that game, and it will be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, just on, just on Ashley Lawrence and that tackle, uh, there was a discernible trend, shall we say, to the questioning in the Canadian press conference. If we just have a listen here now. Hey Beth, hey Ash, maybe we can get maybe both your opinion on this. Uh, Ellie Storai from Valvo Media. Uh, Ireland, like Nigeria, are a very physical team. Um, uh, what kind of, how would you try to counteract that physicality? Um, Ashley, Shireen Ahmed, CBC News. We, there's a lot of questions about the physicality of Nigeria. You were the recipient of a lot of that physicality. How are you feeling now? Did you have an extra long ice bath after that particular match? And secondly, your braids are dope. Lee Hamilton, TSN. Ashley, a question for you. A strong emphasis right now on the physical game that Ireland plays. This match could see you go head-to-head -head with Katie McCabe. What kind of match do you anticipate from her? Yeah, we definitely uh, prepared uh, uh, for Ireland and especially that physicality. Um, I think we're going into this game like any game. 
it's a World Cup, so everyone's going to be going in for every tackle, uh, wanting it, uh, fighting for every ball. And so, uh, yeah, we've analyzed some key players like, like Katie McCabe, um, but you know we know we have to be ready uh, for any battle out there, and uh, we're going to match that physicality, but also uh, uh, show our com composure and calmness on the ball, and you know hopefully uh, get into the final third and create more, create some chances and put the ball in the back of the net. Coach Bev, how are you doing? Gavin Korski from the Irish Times. Uh, there's been about six questions about physicality. Um, is this, is our Ireland a physical team or is it normal? I think Katie McCabe made one foul in the match. Or is this kind of like playing to the ref a bit or what, what do you reckon? Are they actually a physical team or is it just standard World Cup play? Yeah, I think, listen, uh, I'd agree with you in some ways. I think Ireland, they're well organised. You know, tactically, they're well organised. Um, but yeah, I think they do what Canada does and puts their body on the line for the country. And, um, you know, credit to them for doing that. I think, you know, Katie McCabe can be an aggressive player, but she's a, a very top player in a top league in England. So, yeah, I, I think they're, they're organised, they're resilient. And I think all credit to them. It's got them to where they, they're at, and I think we respect that. So can you survive in the WSL if you're not an aggressive player? No, I think, it, I think Katie McCabe is a top player. We're not scouting her because she's aggressive. We're scouting her because she can put a world-class cross in. So I think, you know, we've, we've got the respect for, for Ireland for that. And, you know, there's a reason that they've got the results they've got. Thanks. So that was Gavin Comiskey of the Irish Times, who uh, was as mad as hell and he just wasn't going to take it anymore. I think he was, uh, <laughs> he, he listened to quite a few leading questions from the Canadian out outlets, Anthony, as had you about the physicality of Ireland. And then one pointed question about just Katie McCabe and, Almost asking Asi Arms, was she scared that she was going up against Katie McCabe? Um, and to be fair to Brett Priestman, as we heard there, she wasn't buying it. She wasn't kind of going down this line that Ireland or some kind of, you know, like uh, Chopper Harris led Leeds of the 1970s. She wasn't she wasn't going for it. But the media seemed to like kind of it's kind of following on from the Australian reaction to the Ireland game, which was obviously fed into by the. The, the Columbia game and kind of every the fallout from that. And now the Canadians have picked up the ball and are running with it. This idea that the Irish are an excessively uh, physical team. It's, it's just, it's become a narrative, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it has. Yeah. And it's, it is, um, it's a little lazy. I mean, the, the, the Australian, there was Australia had 12 bells in that match. Ireland had nine. Uh, there was one yellow card which did go to Ireland, but it was four to send Denise O'Sullivan. Uh, and you know what? She didn't even she, she didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, she, she she threw her arms uh, into the air. I think um, with with McCabe, it's um, like <laughs> she plays on the edge. Like she can sometimes she you know she'll flick out sometimes, but she'd be a little bit petulant. But you know she she doesn't she very very rarely goes right over the edge. Um, I think I've mentioned before, like I can't remember the last time she got sent off, but they certainly were playing for Ireland. So uh, she plays with controlled aggression, I think we can say. And um, as Gavin Kuski, I think, correctly challenged, the, uh, there have been a few questions about what kind of physicality, physicality. Uh, well, you know, can Canada are a physical team, and so are Australia for that matter, you know, then the top teams play like that. And uh, I think Ireland are just full of matching it, that they're able for it. Not, they're not, you know, they're, they're well able for that side of the game. But um, may, maybe it's, I think maybe it's just that Ireland are, they don't have like the abundance of quality that Canada and Australia have. So maybe there's more of a focus on, on that side of their game because they, they're not embellished with all these sort of really good, silky football. Mm. You know, you, 
you even look at someone like Sam Kerr, like, who is you know, absolutely world class. Um, she, I mean, she, she's tough. You know, yeah, she, she plays. She plays. She plays with an edge, and uh, physicality is a, is a big part of the whole game. So, you know, there's not anything wrong with it uh, from Ireland's point of view. It's probably just you know, hearing about this all the time. Uh, this physicality is if we're the only team at this tournament that um, like tackle. <laughs> yeah, not the case. Yeah, and um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a uh, maybe maybe to an extent there there is an element of kind of reporters coming in who don't normally cover women's football or, and maybe kind of looking for narratives or, or whatever. Or on the other hand, the Irish, you know, the men's team get this as well. Every, you know, it's kind of a running joke when Stephen Kenny's cider playing against, you know, any opposition. The the opposing manager usually says something about Ireland's traditional physical British style of play or whatever. And, uh, you know, Stephen Kenny's moved away from that. And it's still, it's this trope. It's this kind of idea that Ireland play a traditional British up and at them kind of style of football and maybe it's just transferred over to the women's game. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, Bev Reesman, the language today was uh, passion and uh, commitment and physicality and, and fight and all those words, which, you know, it's, it's compliments that she didn't mean it as compliments, but um, they're the type of things that we've heard around the bench team for many, many years and I think it's sort of a byword for limited <laughs> uh, te- technically um but you know she did say the horrible play against them that is that is a compliment you know that that's you really don't want any opposition manager to be throwing flowers at your feet uh after a game you know you don't think that that's never a good sign you know, come off and um Pep Guardiola is great at doing that he'll play you know uh i don't know a, Nor- a norwich who you know, beat them six nil and then praise them for trying to play out from the back for 90 minutes you know what i mean like it's 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 okay the teams not to like you because uh, the teams think you're horrible to play against because clearly you're doing something right. And uh, you know, Ireland's team is that Ireland's sort of plan isn't the most sophisticated, but it is effective. That's why they're here, and uh, that's why you know they they ran Australia pretty close. I mean, I've said already, I'd like to see them be a little more progressive and play a little higher pitch. But at the end of the day, they're, they're going to be competitive uh, in all three of these group games. It'll be very competitive tomorrow night. Uh, we hope they can nick something. I don't think it's going to be much in this. I don't think it's going to be many chances in it. Um, and I mean, it's just, as I said, I come back to the Louise Gwynn, like without her, you're stripped of another potential way of making a goal because uh, you're not really seeing where it's coming from an open play at the minute, uh, unless Abby Barton comes in and sets her the light and uh, shows us. Why she's so, you know, so talked about and uh, the, her cameo against Australia, but um, yeah, I think I think we're I think we're I won't be surprised if the score is dropped. Well, you got the prediction for the Australia game right. Unfortunately, you did say one nil to Australia, so um, mm. running in the bookies now to lump on nil nil. Um, Anthony knows. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I did. Sorry, just just on that, like the reason I I said that was because. Um, I, I thought if Australia take the lead, which they were always more likely to do than us, um, we don't we don't we don't change. You know, the Ireland don't change. They don't they don't suddenly start chasing games with forty minutes to go. They just they just maintain their shape. And um, so Australia got their breakthrough goal, and you think usually the bloodbaits might open because they think, oh, now we can draw them out. And it didn't happen. So that after they scored, there was ten minutes of nothing happened. And it actually took the wind out of their sails. And when Ireland did start to go for it the last ten or fifteen minutes, um, 
you know, they, they could have nicked something. So I, again, like that's that's what I would say. That's why I just think like if you know even worst case scenario they do give up the goal early tomorrow, um, they won't change. They'll just continue to sit in and, and wait for a moment. And their moment usually the only time they will really really go for it is usually in the last uh, 15, 10 or fifteen minutes. Yeah, and if and if that is the case, um, the least they can expect, Anthony, or one thing in their corner will be a home crowd, basically. Um, Perth, as our colleague Samantha Liberi quite well pointed out on um, in a piece on the RT website today, you know, it's a uh, it's a city full of Irish guards and Irish nurses, and um, that coupled with the decent travelling support means that, you know, the home of Perth Glory and the Western Force is probably going to be mostly Irish. So, um. Here's Kyra Caruso just talking about the the influence that the that, that the fans have when they play at home in Tala, but also as they've um, experienced here in Australia. Yeah, um, it's how I'd like to describe it is like it's undeniable. It's it is palpable that feeling. I always say, but when we play home in Tala, that we it's like playing with a twelfth man on the pitch because it just feels like the crowd is just so much. It, it, the the way that the atmosphere is, it feels like we're a man up, and which is an incredible thing to have. Um, and I'd say that seeing the amount of support and the amount of people, not just loved ones, but just just anyone from around the world, any anyone who wanted to come out to Australia and, and be a part of our this experience with us and and follow us around to these games, it's it's literally like that 12th man on the pitch. And uh, yeah, the other day when we were playing in, in the stadium in, in Sydney, though it's not it's not Tala, um, <laughs> it definitely remembering that all those people who have come out to see us and not only just see us in person, but watching at their watch parties from any country around the world and trying and being a part of this process, it's it's a good reminder to remember it's still that 12th man on the pitch, it's still that that extra player on your team that's helping you out there, and it's something that we try not to forget. Yeah, so so Perth is green, Anthony, and um, you've been down to the uh, on Shabin, have you? And uh, have you had a pint, or have you sampled the atmosphere yet? Oh no, no, we we took we just took a walk downtown, and um, sort of yeah, see what, what was happening. Or plans were. I mean, it is hazy uh, here, Tuesday. <laughs> it is midweek <laughs> here, so you know, like it, it, even the bigger Australia cities can be quiet during the week. But definitely the, the sense uh, in some of the Irish bars and all they're very, very spectacular. The big crowds for the game, there's, there's people trickling in. It's obviously a huge story here. It's, you know, in, as you said there, in, in the spirit of Copperface Jacks, a lot of guards uh, and nurses, um, but also mining industry is used, construction, like a lot of Irish people here have made lives themselves here. And they're, they're really um, excited to be able to reconnect with home by having this team here for this match. So, uh, you know, Priestman touching it in, in a press conference today. They, you know, there's gonna be, there's gonna be this. I don't know percentage wise, but there's gonna be a lot more Irish ground uh, than Canadians. I'd expect to sell out. More even. Uh, I think I believe there's still tickets available. Um, so I'm not sure if it will completely sell out, but there's look, this is gonna be um, be a lot more green than red, and and you know that isn't that isn't. But that's a factor. That could be a factor, really. Like especially for a team that, um, that lives off their commitment and, and their. Uh, sometimes just like, you can make things happen just for the, the force of will. You know, winning tackle or header or, or getting to a ball that you've not liked yet. And and if they can get themselves in a position where they have a chance to either to protect them a lead or you know chase them a winner or something. 
and the crowd, the crowd can help definitely because there was there was amazing in, in Sydney. You know, there was more Australian fans there than Irish fans. Like a lot of well, Irish fans there, and they were loud. You know, like that moment where they came out and did the Ole Ole Ole, and then they sang that. I mean, that that was that was a hell of a moment, a powerful moment, and you know, it, it helped the players. You know, they spoke well afterwards. Um, so that's that's a, that's something that potentially give. Team the they will have that in favor of Martin. That there'll be, uh, I think, referees from that the way she said it was like it's going to be like playing uh, most nation, you know, because mm. have such... yeah, she said it could be good preparation for their final group game against yeah, Australia. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we are very much looking forward to it just on today's results. Uh, our old nemesis of 20 minutes, Colombia beaten South Korea 2 0, uh, New Zealand after their amazing win in their first game. Uh, have lost 1-0 to the Philippines and Switzerland and Norway played out a 0-0 draw and so tomorrow apart from Ireland we have Japan Costa Rica at 6am, Spain Zambia at 8.30, uh, poor Zambia one of, your, one of your dark horses, they really need a result against one of the favourites there or, or it's curtains for them so you'll be watching that one with interest Anthony? No, I'm not giving up on them yet not giving up on them yet um, they did lose, they, they lost Grace Chanda that was a blow but um, I don't know yeah, yeah. Great entertainers, you know, just wait for the moment. It could be one of the games of the tournament then, hopefully, because Spain obviously yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. looked pretty good no, in their first no, game no, too. Yeah, no, they are. They're, they're, Spain are excellent. Yeah, if they go toe-to-toe, it could be fun. And then, obviously, the big one is at 1 o'clock tomorrow, Canada v. Ireland. You can watch Spain, Zambia and Canada, Ireland on RTE2, and you have live commentary on 2FM of the Canada-Ireland game as well. And Japan-Costa Rica can be watched on the RTE player. We will be back tomorrow with another podcast, React... Uh, you know, kind of uh, responding to Ireland's glorious 1-0 win over Canada. That's how I see it going. And you can follow the match on the RT website and the RT News app with um, with our live blog reports from Anthony in Perth and reaction analysis and all that good stuff. So until tomorrow, we will say goodbye. Thank you very much, Anthony. And Supporter and a half likes, shares, comments, and tweets. Cadbury sponsors RTE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast.